Discussing the latest in employment law, it's the Employment Huddle Podcast with Guy Allen and Samantha Turetsky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Employment Huddle Podcast, the last edition of 2023. How crazy is that? Good afternoon, Samantha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Guy? Good. I just I, I can't believe where where we are. It's it, we're in the holiday season. Has a good feel to it, though. You know, it I, does. I, I kind of feel like once Thanksgiving hits, and then you know between Thanksgiving and Christmas, people you know people take a little edge off. You know, a little you're walking you're walking around, people a little smile on their face, a little bit. Yeah, it was a little cheery. A little cheery, you know. The the holiday glow going. Holiday glow. So try to enjoy that, you know. And and, you know, as we go into the into the holiday season, but we needed to get one more podcast in to just wish our listeners a happy and a healthy new year, and just to go through a couple of like new nuanced changes in the law going into 2024, which we'll hit on real quick, and then you and I will go through our top three trending issues that we each have seen. Throughout the year. Now, I don't know what your top three are. Uh, you know what mine are. Let's Maybe see they'll similar. be the same. Maybe, they Maybe they'll be different. Let's go. That's the beauty of the exercise. So we'll <laughs> go through our top three trends and things that we have seen. And of course, we'll end it with our New Year's resolutions in the water cooler talk segment. So with that being said, Samantha, why don't you hit the ground running here with some of the, the new little nuances that are, that are uh, upon us in 2024. As we're having the holiday glow and the post-Thanksgiving to end of year happiness, us employment lawyers and all the employers are listening in, also have the dreaded policy updates, new laws becoming effective January 1 or or shortly thereafter. So for us, I think it's it's a mix of feelings right now. It is. And, and look, we've talked about the new the new laws coming up and all the, you know, the changes and it changes in a lot of the laws, but now there's just a few we want to bring to your attention now because they've come up and 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 you got to be aware of it. They're really important in terms of your your actual payroll and how you pay employees, among other things. So we just want to bring a couple of these to your attention, and then we'll go into our, our our top three trends. Right. So one of the big ones that everyone should be aware of for January 1st is that the minimum wage in New York City, Westchester, and Long Island will be going up to $16 an hour. And so most of our employers are in those three locations. So we're going to focus on that. And that's $16 an hour. And obviously, there are different wage orders by the Department of Labor if you're in the fast food industry, if you're a restaurant. So those are different. If you're a tipped employee or cash employee, those are different wage orders as well, just so everyone is aware. But the general state minimum wage for New York City, Westchester, and Long Island is $16 an hour. So that's very important that come January 1st, any work that your hourly employees are doing is being paid of at least $16 an hour. Right. Now, if the payroll happens to fall out on January 1st or 2nd, but it's for work done in December. That's okay. That's okay. It's it just for, de- for days worked, you know, starting after January 2nd. And then, so that's minimum wage. Really, really important that, you, that you're, that we're buttoned up on that and have our overtime calculations ready to go in the event and works overtime. But the other question we're getting is, well, what about is the salary threshold for exempt, non-exempt, that impacted by this? Do we know? Right. So that's a little bit more complicated because, of course, it is, right? Right. That's why I'm asking you, Samantha. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you see how he punts all the hard questions Always. to me? Always. <laughs> I'll take the minimum wage increase. You, you could go with the salary threshold exemptions. So the rule of thumb is that the salary threshold for these exempt positions is 75 times the minimum hourly rate. So 
If you do the math, that means for New York City, Westchester, and Long Island, meaning Nassau and Suffolk counties, the 2024 threshold should be $1,200 a week, which is an annual salary of $62,400. So that's what we expect the new rates to be. However, the New York State Department of Labor has not issued a final order on these amounts. So it is expected. They just haven't said it yet. So we're in this funny gray area limbo with them. But we do expect an announcement to be coming shortly. Right. Any day. So the que- the question, I guess, comes is, well, do you want to stick to previous, you know, this year, 2023 <clears throat> exemption threshold, or you want to be proactive about it and and, and just go ahead and, and, and do what we think is going to, first of all, what the regulations say, and then what we think the wage order is going to say coming down. You know, do you want to be more proactive and just, just do it that way? Or you want to take a chance and maybe the wage order will not come out for a few months, and you'll you can save some money there. So, I, so I think that's a, that's a choice that you know employers have to make. But that's certainly on on the horizon. Employers should be aware of it for sure. Right, absolutely, definitely keep it in mind, especially if you're doing budgetary review or or quotes or anything like that for your projects. So keep right. that in mind. Yep, absolutely. All right, what's next? A change in unemployment insurance, a new law that went into effect in November that states that employers have to provide notice of eligibility for unemployment insurance when certain parameters are met, such as an employee is permanently, indefinitely, or temporarily laid off, they're discharged, they quit, or their hours are reduced to 30 or less per week. So if any of those situations happen, you have to inform your employee of their notice of eligibility for unemployment insurance, and that is through form IA 12.3, and simple Google search will get you the form that you need. Look, unemployment insurance we know is boring snoring, and this is an easy thing to do. More often than not, absent something really egregious, your employee is going to be entitled to unemployment insurance. So just make it a part of your exit process that you give your employee the form and you, at least you comply there, and that's that's easy. You don't have to worry about it. So that, that's, that's, that's an easy one. Right. Just add it to your termination or end of employment packets. Just stick it in the file and then you'll know to hand it out when the time comes. Okay. So that's that's unemployment. The next thing we wanted to hit on was a change in the obligation, New York obligations law regarding settlement agreements, right? Yes. Like, yeah, settlement so, agreements are really a hot topic this year. Right. Maybe that will be one of your three, maybe one of my three. We'll find out soon. We'll wait and see. But settlement agreements have really had their moment in the sun this year. It was the McLaren decision that we talked about at at length that we've written several newsletters on. We hosted a roundtable this year on the decision. Just as a reminder, that was for uh, the National Labor Relations Act, where the National Labor Relations Board said that settlement agreements had to have certain provisions for either lower-level employees protecting certain rights under confidentiality provisions or non-disparagement provisions. So we saw a big shift in settlement agreements in that way. Right. So if that wasn't enough to get employers crazy- There's more. There's more. There's more. This change really impacts how we really do our settlement agreements because there's certain things that are typically staples mm-hmm. you know, in a settlement agreement. For instance- liquidated damages, right? If an employee breaches the agreement, well, here's the formula that they have to that they have to pay. Not anymore, right? Right. That's, Not, anymore. Not anymore. What else? That's true. So just to back up a little bit, for settlement agreements with for claims that are for unlawful discrimination, harassment, or retaliation, if these provisions are in your settlement agreement, the agreement will be invalid. So 
or these provisions will not be enforceable. So they are useless. Right. So like you said, if you have liquidated damages for a violation of a non-disclosure or a non-disparagement clause, can't do it anymore. And and we usually see those a lot as a deterrent for breaching those provisions, right. obviously. Right. Liquidated damages, just to be clear, is it's just a formula to say, hey, if you breach this agreement, this is how much you owe me. This, you know, it's a way of saying, okay, we can't really calculate it, but here's here's what we agree will be the it's not a penalty. But here, here's what you'll have to pay if you if you breach it, and uh, that's that's no longer, as Sam said, we like it as a deterrent. Very often, no longer allowed. And on a similar line, if your settlement agreement has a violation for a penalty that the complainant has to forfeit all or part of the consideration of the agreement for a violation of the non-disclosure or the non-disparagement clause, also unenforceable. So again, this is something we like to use as a deterrent that if the complainant violates either of those paragraphs, they have to pay back the money. Right. Or or sometimes that's a big one because employers like to use it. I like to use it when you're paying out a settlement, you're paying it over a period of time, mm-hmm. right? Say so pay it out over a year and your the employee breaches the agreement halfway through. Usually there's a provision that will say well, we could stop paying or as long as a court of competent jurisdiction shows that there was a breach, then, you know, we don't have to, we can, we can stop paying the rest of the settlement or the severance and that's no longer allowed. That's a big one, I think, you know, it's very I, big, you know, so again, it's, a, it's another, another big issue. And, and then what was there? Probably one more, was one more, right? Yes. Uh, about, about one more of the big ticket items. Right. So an, a settlement agreement for uh, discrimination, harassment or retaliation cannot require an affirmative statement, assertion or disclaimer by the complainant that the complainant was not, in fact, subject to unlawful discrimination, harassment, or retaliation. So you cannot ask them to provide you an affirmative statement that these allegations were either not true or didn't happen or that they weren't subject to right. these allegations. Okay. So that's important. That's important Very important. Right. Anyway, so we have the we have those three, right? And those are the things, and there's some other nuances about about this law, about confidentiality, and and the time an employee can take to review it. it really gets into the weeds. I don't think it's appropriate for, the, for our podcast right now. I think it's something that we're certainly going to put out in the newsletter. So you know, keep an eye out on that for something that's you know some more details on what you can or can't include in a settlement grant. Absolutely, keep your eyes out for those newsletters. Okay, so we'll do that and. Let's see, a couple other things before we get to our, our, our top three. What, what, else, what else you got in terms of things that employers should be aware of going into the new year? Right. So effective January 15th, 2024, the statute of limitations for filing a claim with the New York State Division of Human Rights for Discrimination has gone from one year to three years. So that's very important for employers to know. Right. Effective February 15th, employees will have three years from the date of the incident to file a claim with the State Division of Human Rights. So that's very important. And that's consistent with what an employee can do if they just want to go into state court. It's three-year statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. So, so it's now, now the State Division is really consistent with New York State. So, right. So that's, that's something to be aware of. And the last thing that we should be aware of is New York State's freelance isn't free act, right? Right. So this is going into effect a little bit later next year in May. This basically follows the New York City's Freelance Isn't Free Act that's been in effect for a while now. 
It says that all agreements between freelancers and employers or independent contractors and employers have to be reduced to writing and there are certain provisions that have to be included. And there, the law also covers the frequency of pay and certain pay parameters for these agreements. Right. So so it's just – bottom line is you have to have a contract with your contractors. It, it, can't, mm-hmm. it, can't, it can't just be you know, word of mouth or you know, anything willy-nilly. It's got, it's got to be uh, – it, it's, it's be buttoned up. Got to be buttoned up with contractors and employers and, and things like that. So things that you really want to make clear, you should in this agreement. And you also can use the agreement to your advantage to draft it in a way to really show that these these folks are independent contractors and not employees. Correct. A little, 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 by the way, a little hint of what might be on one of my top three. Maybe. Maybe. I guess we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. So one of the other. Want to go there? Okay. Want to go? Let's, let's go. do it. Let's go. Why don't you want to go first? What's what are you, what, what what's your let's go number one? What's 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 one of the top your top three? One of my top three for trends of twenty twenty three was the Department of Labor. I knew that was coming. They have been in full force and effect this year. I don't know what happened to their budget. They are around every corner, at every door. I don't even know what else to say. It it really ha- was. An incredible increase, it seems, of their movement and their activity of filing cases, doing investigations. Yeah, I, I don't it's know what more, else to say. It's more, crazy. More than I've ever seen, for sure. They're, they're just they're always lurking, and they've they've also shut up unannounced, you know, which is more frequently than mm-hmm. than we've seen, and that creates issues for employers, obviously, because that's not a, not a comfortable thing when you have the Department of Labor at your front door, and it's a really important if that should happen that you know you don't you don't let them talk to anyone before you speak with your lawyer. Uh, and they shouldn't be able to talk to anyone on the supervisory or management level that, that can bind the company. So very important that if the Department of Labor shows at your front door, you can't say, hold on a minute, let me call my lawyer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. That's definitely something that everyone should should think about. Think about right. uh, yeah. For, for me, the part of, working with the Department of Labor was a great learning experience this year. I learned a lot about how they work and, right. and how they review and implement the laws and and you know, just how the investigation process works, which is a great thing to know for, for our clients. It really is a big lift. Yes. They, they, when they when they stick your claws into you, it's, it's uh, yeah. got, got to be ready. Yep. Got to be ready. All right. So my, one of my top three is just the absolute and persistent struggle of employers understand and stay compliant with the sick leave laws. I think it's kind you of- You're interrupting me. Go I, ahead. I think it's pretty- well, that was, this, was, this was my- Right, but I think it's pretty rude that you took that one because I'm the leave person here. You are. So it's not fair that you took one of, like, you know that that's one of my top three. I don't know, actually. You know that. No, no, no. When someone has a leave question, who do you call? Me. Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters. Yes. No. But also me. Yeah, but I have to listen to it all the time. So I like you leave things. I mean, I hear you on the phone all day long. All day long, someone's on the phone with with, with a COVID leave and then New York State City leave, sick and safe leave, New York State leave. It's really, really hard. PFL, FMLA, how they overlap, how they work. It's a torturous, torturous process. It is indeed. And and I you know, I just think it's getting harder. And because mm, there's it more laws that are being enacted in different cities and different states. So it's really, really hard, especially the overlapping stuff like, okay, does FMLA apply with PFL? How about PTO? Can it run concurrently? And there's so many nuanced things that when I'm not going to bore the listeners with now, but I, I hear you talking about it on the phone all day. It's really hard, really, really hard to, to, to comply with. And then you know, kind of like the icing on top of the cake is, is COVID still in play, mm-hmm. COVID leave. And people are like, surprise, COVID leave? You still, we, we still need to give our employees COVID leave? 
The answer is yes. Yes. You know, and there, as Sam actually told me today, there's there's no sunset provision on it. So as far as we know, the COVID leave is still there, right? Right, which is is kind of crazy. A lot of people were getting confused because the federal COVID leave, um, which offered a tax break for employers who offered that leave, ended at the beginning of this year. So a lot of people thought that that was all COVID leave, um, and that created a lot of confusion. Right. But New York State's COVID-19 sick leave does not have a sunset provision. So it's technically still in effect. They have put some limitations on it where an employee can only use it up to three times, and that doesn't renew annually. That's for their entire employment with the company. Right. So oh. once someone uses it three times, they're done, and they would have to either take COVID-19 PFL, maybe disability, maybe use a sick sick and safe day, maybe use a, a general PTO day if, if they want to be paid for it. Maybe they have to take an unpaid day. There's other options after those three times. But that's something that they did to cap it. So that's three uses. The second and third use should be by a positive test, proof of a positive test. So those are two things they put into place to help limit the use of it or put some control over it again. Right. But it is still here and it's it's driving everyone crazy. It is crazy, 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 crazy. So that definitely for me and I guess for you, you know, made your – your, your top three, maybe kind of ancillary to that is employer leave policies, specifically, you know, pregnancy leave, parental leave, things like that, mm-hmm. maternity, maternity leave, employers struggling to figure out how they can do what's best for both the employer and the employee. And, and it's complicated because you can't really distinguish between paternity and maternity leave unless it's based upon a physical recovery of, of the birth parent. So it's hard. It's hard. And, and we, yes. th- that's definitely been a, a you know a big topic of discussion. So I stole your, one of you your stole top, my thunder. I stole one of your top three. So I, yeah. I guess that means I go. Do I go again? No. Yeah, you go. Okay, go ahead. Do you just want to keep talking? No. Okay. But I thought if you, if I, took, <laughs> if I took your second one, then I go back to me. But okay. You, well, I had an honorable mention one. I came prepared. So well, I'll, I'll throw that in my top three instead. Fine. Okay. Let's go. Um, One of the, Legitimate top threes I had was all of the changes to the agreements we've seen this year, whether it's settlement agreements, independent contractor agreements, confidentiality agreements, arbitration agreements, class action waivers, regular employment agreements. We've seen some changes to these in the last year, but also just keeping track of which provision should go in what type of agreement. We've had a lot of those conversations this year and which employees need which agreement. We had those conversations this year. Me- meaning based on their level or right. involvement in, in the organization. Right. So right? either based on their title, their level of employment, their their status as an independent contractor or an employee. Do you have an independent contractor who is really an employee and should have gotten an employee agreement instead right. of an independent contractor agreement? Do you have arbitration agreements and class action waivers separate and apart from an employment agreement? Do you have confidentiality provisions for all employees, just your high-level employees. Those are tough decisions to make as an employer when you're looking at your workforce. Is it necessary for everyone to have all of these agreements? Is it only really important for your top team to have confidentiality provisions or arbitration agreements? So I feel like we've had those conversations a lot this year, drafting, drafting, drafting agreements, redrafting them. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, the changes in the law, right, about whether it's the McLaren decision or the law we just spoke about, but there have definitely been changes. But I guess what's good for the goose is good for the gander because you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Oh, great. Yeah, a little bit. You know, because because (laughs) I I was going to – one of my things was certainly the struggle between independent contractor and employee 
classification. I've never seen anything like it. it for various reasons, and I don't know what it was, maybe it was the year there have been so many issues about whether this, you know, this person should be classified as a contractor as an or as an employee. There have been mm-hmm. a lot, right? Yeah. And, and it's really, really been a struggle. There's a lot of ramifications to it if you're wrong. Because if, if you classify someone as a contractor and they're not, and there's a finding by the Department of Labor that everyone in that person and everyone similarly situated should be an employee. And then you're looking at, you know, back, you know, contributions to unemployment insurance. It's it's like it's really become a problem. And I, I don't I don't remember like the last time there was like that much of a a struggle between is this person a contractor or is this one an employee? I feel like we're having that conversation, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. So you definitely stole my thunder there a little bit. But along those lines is also the exempt, non-exemptist classification. That was my honorable mention. See, we're, 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 we're so connected. We are so connected. So that's a big one, right? I mean, it, that has been a huge run this year, right? I mean, that's right there with the independent contractor. It all goes into the same bucket of how are we classifying these employees, how are we paying mm-hmm. them. Contractor employee, that's one thing. Okay, fine. If they're an employee, are they exempt from overtime or or not? And, and it just gets it's crazy. I mean, how many conversations we had about that? All day long. A lot. A, a lot. lot. And, we, and we've had, and I will say that when the Department of Labor comes sniffing around, they look at that. They care very deeply about that. That's a big one. Yes. They and want- I, I think the biggest misconception, and we have this conversation a lot, is that just because someone is paid salary does not make them exempt. 100%. That might be. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. That, that might be one of the biggest misconceptions out there. Mm-hmm. Salary exempt on call. That's up there with maybe the biggest misconception, along with- the hostile work environment misconception that people, employees think, well, just because my employer is mean to me or someone's not nice to me, hostile work environment, hostile work environment, hostile work environment. And that's not the case necessarily. We've talked about this in the past. It's got, again, I'm not going to get into the details on it, but for something to be a hostile work environment, it's got to be, someone's got to be treating you a certain way because of a protected characteristic, whether right. it's age, race, gender, whatever, disability, whatever the case may be. But just because someone's mean to you because they don't like, that you like the Yankees or the Mets is not a hostile work environment. And that's, that's another just, I think, big misconception, not to go off the rails there a little bit, but mm-hmm. with, with, the, with the, you're right, with the salary presumption that that's like exempt is the biggest, you know, misconception. And I, th- I think right. hostile work environment is right there. Right. And, and along the same lines, it becomes a problem because if an employer thinks if someone has paid a salary at the exempt threshold, they're okay. And the job duties is really a non-exempt position. Now they're paying somebody at a high salary that converts to a very high hourly rate and an even higher overtime rate. Yeah, it's so re- it becomes a really big problem. Very, very big problem when you, when you don't – if you pay someone a high salary but they don't meet the other requirements to be considered an exempt employee, it becomes a problem. Right, and and that's probably – one of the most difficult conversations to have is making someone aware of the fact that this very highly paid employee is a very highly paid hourly employee. Right. Like, you know, and, right. and that's just a hard pill to swallow. Oh, well, I'm paying this person $80,000 a year and you're telling me they're not exempt. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. Well, it's very possible. So you really got to make sure that you, uh, you're buttoned up in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. So. That's part of our top three. I have got one more, or do you, are yours all exhausted? I want mine are exhausted. They're exhausted. We had a lot. We had some overlap. Okay, my my last one. It's a, it's a little bit general, but I guess it deals with social media. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's really front and center in terms of how to deal. It's always rearing its head. Whether how do we draft 
agreements to make sure our employees don't go think, say things or do things or post things that they that they shouldn't either mm-hmm. during their employment, after their employment. And then what happens when, you know, employees do post things on Glassdoor or, or things where employees get crazy and want, oh, we got, can we get this down, we'll get this down, mm-hmm. things like that. Again, no surprise, social media is so front and center in our right. lives. Now, are you talking specifically about like disparaging comments against the employer? Yeah, yeah I'm, talking about, I'm just talking, yes, it's disparaging comments about the employer, em- employees taking, you know, using their, you know, LinkedIn situations that they have with, you know, maybe they have these their their customer lists on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and then they leave, and then well, it's like kind of they walk out the door with client customer list on their LinkedIn account. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a problem. That, that is that, a problem. So you know, we have it's like the role. It's really like literally, you know, if you're if those employers have their employees use LinkedIn, and, and they walk out the door, or they get terminated. Well, it's like what really like walking out the door with a Rolodex full of your client contacts. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important, and this, so there's a lot of thought that's given into. Well, should we give to the company on the LinkedIn accounts or or what have you? So I feel I feel like there's a lot of conversation about drafting agreements to try to protect the, the employer from the employee going going sideways on it. And then what happens if they do and they put po- and they post things that they shouldn't do? I feel like we have the, we have those conversations a lot, and mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it, 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 it's hard to deal with. There's not a lot of great protections out there, really. You know, it's it's you know, if an employee wants to post something that's maybe not be nice, but not, is not outright disparaging, it's hard to stop it. Right, it, and now with the new settlement agreement changes, that you can't have liquidated damages or recoup the consideration if someone breaches a non-disparagement provision. Right, it's going to be even harder. Right, and a lot of these are posted anonymously, so we'll say, all right, well, how do you know it's this person? Oh, we know, we know. Right. Well. Well, that's really not, you know, not, not necessarily good enough. So I, I feel like that that comes up, and we're tr- we really try to draft ways to protect the employer best we can. So that, that fits into my top three. I think that was a great top three. Is that a good top three? I feel like we hit we hit them all. We hit a lot of a lot of topics and things that we're constantly talking about. All right, and I'm sure we'll just be as big of topics next year as well. Yeah, we'll see. Right, <laughs> we'll see what our top three will be next year. But now I think it's time for. Got to be water cooler talk. And there is no question, no question what the topic has to be. It's December, what are we, 5th? It Sixth? is December 5th. December 5th. New Year's around the corner. Right there, right? We started off the show, holiday season, holiday spirit. New Year's resolution's got to be. Got to be, has to be part of the water cooler talk. So with that being said, do you have any? You know, this is... I want you to go first. Really? This is a little early still in the month for me to sit down and reflect on the year. I you see, this is what I deal with. It. I is this so complicated? Come up with some resolutions. No, because resolutions are supposed to be meaningful if you want to stick to them and start the year off right. So I usually towards towards New Year's, like the end of December, sometime between you know the lull between Christmas and New Year's, I, I truly do it. sit down. I reflect on the year, right. what professional goals I have, what personal goals I have, and I'll, I'll make a little list. You will. And then I'll go back and and see if I if you know how far I got in them, if I've accomplished any of them by the end of the year. Right. So I really do take the time to do that exercise. Okay. But I haven't done it yet. That's fine. So, so you're punting. That's fine. I'm punting, but I, w- I would love to hear yours. Yeah, so that's fine. So I like to keep it simple usually because I, I like to make resolutions that, that I could stick with. And I, mm-hmm. You know, I think last year I was, you know, trying to be just more grateful and people around me, things like that. So, you know, the, and it's always like, oh, you know, exercise and stay healthy, all, all that thing. Right. So, but this, so I, so I have two very, you know, concrete things. 
one is like really simple. Another one is like a little bit harder. <laughs> the first, as simple as it sounds, is to drink more water. It is like the hardest <laughs> thing in the world for me to do. And for a lot of people, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, I, I don't know, it is so hard. And I know like it's the best thing for you. There's no question about it, right? It's right. Like, I feel it, like- It's undisputed. I just, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. You can do it. But I am going to try, like really, really try. But it's really hard for me. Like it I'm, is hard. It's hard. I need a flavored something. I need some combination. I may know I can get, I, maybe I can use some cells or things like that. But I'm going to really, really try drink more water. Like right. really I, I feel like drink more water is the IT equivalent of have you unplugged it and plugged it back in? Right. Like so many things can be solved by just drinking more water. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like the same with IT when you call and they're like, well, did you? Unplug it yes, and plug yes. it back in, and then right. it fixes your Fix problem. Everything. Yeah, I feel like that's the drink. You know, water is just. I mean, everyone you is see, the equivalent of solves everything. Every see everyone you see walking around who looks in good shape, what have you, is drinking the bottles of water. That's just what it is, you know. So that's true. That, that's that's my other one. I like that one. Oh, you like that one? Simple, but 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 important. But also difficult. Difficult, very difficult. I I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Like next right. year, this time, you'll ask me. I don't know. No problems. I'm going to really, really try. My second thing, <laughs> my second thing is social media and disconnecting. So just before, actually, I was going downstairs to take the elevator down to get something, something to eat. And there were four or five of us in the elevator. Every single person had their head down on their phone, mm-hmm. right? Then I go, I, I get my, my, little, my little healthy lunch, of course, come back up on the escalator. And everyone's going up, everyone's going down, has their head in their phones, I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy. Like, no one is present. Mm-hmm. Everyone, including myself, you just can't go anywhere without having your phone, checking your phone, having a conversation with someone without checking your phone or your Apple Watch. It drives me crazy. So I think I just need to do a better job of when work is over and our clients know we're always here for them 24-7. So I'm not really talking like, like work-related stuff. But just try to disconnect and mm-hmm. be more be more present. Not just the scrolling and the, the flipping and the, all this stuff. The scroll, the scroll doom. Yes, is it, what it's called. Is scroll, that what it's called? The scroll doom, where you're just endlessly scrolling and you look up and it's like two hours later. Exactly. Is that what it's called? I didn't know that was a well, doom, doom scroll, scroll doom, something like that. Some, some tells me that's not what it's called. It is. It but, is. But I understand the concept, and, I, <laughs> and and you're right. Like you sit down, right? Maybe after a long day of work, and you, you know, you do your workout, you eat, whatever you stand. And instead of talking to your significant other, your partner, your wife, whatever, you know, you're both sitting there like idiots, like scrolling up and down, you know, right? What, showing what, each other memes. Yeah, what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? So like, you have to be present, even when you know you have, you have dinner and with whether you're, you're you know, have older kids, or, everyone's got their phones out. Everyone's got their phones out. And you know what it does when you have a conversation with somebody and you and you have a phone in your hand. Right or you're and you're talking to someone. And you have your phone. That person doesn't feel like you're you're right. You're there with them. Mm-hmm. They feel like you're half there. Right, half there. You know what I mean? Right, like, and we've all been there. We've all, we've been all there. had that feeling. We've had that feeling. It sucks. Like I really don't like it. And even sometimes, even putting your phone down, like you know, you know, you have a meeting, put your phone down. It still gives like the impression that you know what you're here, but you're not. Like I, I feel like you put your phone away. Like, mm-hmm. Put your Apple Watch away. If you're talking to someone, talk to someone and be present. So I'm just as guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I walk on my phone all the time. If I don't have it in the same room with me, it's a problem, which is not good. So look, you need it with you. You, know, you want your family, your loved ones to be able to get to you nowadays. That's right. Kind of, that's kind of like that. but, right, but that's different. That's different, To right? be able to be right. reached in an emergency is different than mindlessly. Right. 
using it to not be connected to people. Right. I should be able to go from one room of my house to the other without worrying where my phone is. You know, right. eight, eight, nine o'clock at night. I'm not talking totally during business hours like that. I'm talking eight or nine o'clock at night or on a weekend or what have you. I should always be wor- worrying where my phone is, right? And it's just so addicting. I want to make like a really, really concerted effort to be more present and not go through those that scroll of doom, as you say, or or you know, all these social media sites. You know, with all these algorithms that are really addicting, you know, to what might interest you, I, I, I want to start. I want to. Re- I want to start to read more, read more books, or or just just be more present. Is is my is my. If I'm watching TV or with my wife or something, I don't want my phone next to me. I want to be present. And I, and I just when you watch the world around you and how people roll, everybody has their phone out when they're walking. It's crazy. Like it's so unbelievable to me. So my resolution is to really, really try to cut down like on my screen time. And it's not easy because, uh, you know, as lawyers, we always want to be, you know, present for our clients. And there are like real time, interesting articles or things that news that right. comes up that you want to see on your, uh, on your phone, but there's gotta be. There's a limit. Though. There's gotta be a limit. Yeah. Got, you know, I should be able to take an escalator down to go get some lunch and not have my phone in front of me. Right. Not pull your phone out or, or leave it at your desk right. and, and feel free to go get your lunch without your cell phone and, in your pocket. And I don't know why it hit me just because maybe you know, we work in a big <laughs> building here and, you know, and maybe it was just the fact that, you know, you go down the elevator and you have these literally four or five people on the phone, no one looking at each other. And then the sight of when you big lobby, you go down these two big escalator down, a big escalator up, everyone is on their freaking phones. Everyone, no one's looking at each other, no one's saying hello, no one's doing nothing. So it's like you're walking, living in this world where just everyone's got their phones all day long. So that's a little bit of a long-winded way of saying my New Year's resolution is to do my best to disconnect when it's time to disconnect. I really like that one. I think everyone could probably benefit from a little less social media, a little more being present, being mindful. Yes, being I present. Think, I think that's a great one. Right? So I really like that one. That's I don't know what's harder that's going to be harder than that or the water. They're both very difficult. Very, very difficult. They each have their own challenges. Right? But I think that's I think that's a it's good for a resolution because it's not, right. too, it's not too easy peasy. It's not like I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to walk a hundred more steps a day. That's easy. Right. It, it, this is something that I want to do and I think it's healthy, but I know it's going to be difficult. But I feel now that I'm putting it out there to the public, people going, no, people don't want to see me on the street. Drinking water guy? Drinking water? Right. What are you doing on your phone? You say you don't want to be on your phone. I'm going to be held accountable. I'll definitely hold you accountable you in the office. When that's my, for when sure. my fans see me on the street, I'm going to, be, I'm going to drink <laughs> my water. Well, how does this go into your goal of also becoming an influencer? I feel like these are diverging goals. I know, I know. Well, that, I'll I'll get to that. But I but I but I think you I think still even if you're going to be an influencer, you, there's a time place for it. There's a time place for it. I, okay. I, I, I think more importantly, I got it. I got to try to be more. I got to try to be more present. I got you know. But when it, when time is off, time should be off. You read a book, whatever you want to do. Enjoy mm-hmm. just being present enjoy the people around you grateful for everybody around you and you know if you're having a nice conversation you have a chance to have dinner with friends family whatever it is put the phone away enjoy be present i like that one that's my resolution i really like those so you were punting you're not going to give the resolution which is fine i'll come back with the list maybe for the next episode in 2024 after i do my reflections that's fair is that fair? That's fair. So you I can't disrupt my process. There really is a process. There really is a process. Would you I didn't you, know that. you don't doubt that? I don't doubt that. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that the that the onus was gonna put on me. There's a lot of pressure. Well, what, you came up with the water cooler talk, you didn't even consult me about yeah, it. Yeah, well, but because that's an obvious thing. It's the end of the year. You gotta how do you have water cooler talk, end of the year, and no new year's resolution? So 
if I didn't have one, then then it would have been a total flop. But as usual, you carry you carried the day, guys. Save the day. Thank you. Saved the day with my resolutions. So I think that's is that it. Is that anything else you need to you want to say for before we sign off for twenty twenty three? I can't believe. Well, this. I would just like to say if any of our listeners want to share their New Year's resolution with us, yes, we love 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 to hear them. Love to hear that. We could hold each other accountable throughout the year. Listen, we're all in this together, right? It's, it's, it's difficult it. out there, and if we. Stick together and keep true to our resolutions and try to be better. Try to be better. Try to be compliant with the employment laws best we can, leave laws, sick leave. We'll we'll keep you on track with both your professional growth and your personal growth. Personal growth. (laughs) So, well, listen, you know, a very happy and healthy uh, New Year to everyone and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Uh, enjoy Enjoy the holiday season and we'll come back at you after New Year with Samantha's New Year's resolutions and what's going on in the beginning of 2024. So very happy, healthy, and stay safe, everybody. Take care.